Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. Dear listeners, this is episode 11 of the Muse Room podcast. Thank you to those returning and welcome to all of the new listeners out there. This week's Muse Room guest is Megan Witt, founder of the Upspeak Collective. I met up with Megan a couple of weeks ago for coffee and thoroughly enjoyed our chat together, so immediately set up a time to record an interview. We sat outside in a park on the east side of Cleveland on a picnic table, and she told me all about how the Upspeak Collective was formed and what it is all about. Megan also likes to refer to the Upspeak Collective as a fan club for your dreams. So I will let Megan tell you the rest. So without further ado, here she is. So can you first start by telling us about something that has been inspiring you, anything in the past week or maybe the last month, anything that's kept you moving? Hmm. I don't know. I'm listening to the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky podcast right now called Slow Burn. (laughs) And um, I kind of love it because um, it's interesting to listen to something you know, the story of something that I experienced when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. because I was, you know, I don't know how old I was when that whole scandal happened with Bill Clinton, but I just remember all the adults around me Mm -hmm. talking about it. And it's so fascinating to listen to it now at 36 and go, oh, that's what happened? Oh, (laughs) that's not how I remember it. You know, everybody acted like it. I mean, also like Monica Lewinsky was treated so horribly in in the media. And um, she was kind of a badass in right. the way she handled things. And um, it's just kind of, it's cool. And so I'm, I'm a little bit inspired by right now by this idea that um, things are not always what they seem mm-hmm. and that something as simple as time can change completely how you view a situation. Totally. And if you can keep that perspective when you're in something, I think that that has the power to change, you know, um, maybe lessen your judgment sometimes too. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) There's so many stories behind people. You can't just go up to someone and assume. Right. Right away. Right. So. Yeah. Take it at face value. No. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Cool. So let's go back to the beginning. So can you talk about where you grew up? What was your childhood like? Yes. (laughs) Way back in the beginning. (laughs) I was born in the Cleveland area. um, And then when I was four, my family moved us, my little sister and I, to New Brunswick, Canada. My mom's Canadian. Mm -hmm. So I actually spent my whole childhood in um, St. John, New Brunswick, which is just north of Maine. So I have a very coastal maritime upbringing, um, you know, swimming lessons in the cold river and um, lots of summers spent on like rocky beaches and um, just it was a very small town um, and I loved it I loved growing up there and then the summer before my freshman year of high school we moved back to Cleveland and I was devastated (laughs) you moved back here to the east side um no my parents actually live on southwest so they're in brunswick okay um and um they they put me in a christian school cuyahoga valley christian academy there's actually just a huge scandal there recently yeah just like a couple weeks ago um but uh i was commuting to my private christian school 45 minutes one way every day and i just I hated it. I missed my friends. I mean, at that age, I was 15, mm-hmm. and I had so many friends in Canada. Right. I left everything. You know, mm-hmm. my boyfriend. <laughs> you know, when you're 15, you're like, life is over. Um, and uh, high school was rough then because of that. I made some really great friends who are still my friends today in mm-hmm. high school, and thank God for them. Um, but it was rough. It was actually culture shock, which I think is, you know, 
kind of funny because you think of Canada and the U.S. not being that drastically different. But for me, going from such a small town, I think the bigger thing was to Cleveland, which we think of Cleveland as being like a kind of small city right. in a way. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was so different for me. You know, I um, was suddenly exposed to like, especially at my private Christian school, all of these kids that came from families with money and, you know, I was exposed to brand names and all the, I I was just way in over my Mm -hmm. head. That's not what I grew up with at all. Um, so it was a rough transition for me. High school was kind of rough. I hated it. I couldn't wait to get out of there. And I graduated when I was 17 and, um, started planning to travel. So, um, I saved my money and I, um, booked a ticket to Scotland, Glasgow, Scotland. And when I was 18, I did a five month program with, um, youth with a mission, um, kind of like a leadership program and outreach program. And I lived in Scotland in Paisley, a little town, town outside of Glasgow, for three months, and then I lived in Cairo and Alexandria, Egypt for two. Um, And it was a game changer for me. It kind of like busted open my worldview, and I had to learn independence. (laughs) And was so far away from my family, and I got really sick when I was in Egypt, and I had to navigate that Yeah, that's gonna really force you to learn it yourself. (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) I was, I mean, my journal entries during that time, I was like, what did I do? But, but it was an amazing experience and I loved Egypt more than anything. Um, and then I came home and I married my boyfriend. I was 19. Mm-hmm. And um, my father is a minister. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, you know, in a very conservative Christian family. And everybody kind of got married pretty young. Right. Because, um, you know, you can't have sex until you're, <laughs> until you're married. Right. So everybody's like, let's get married. At 19. <laughs> great, great idea. <laughs> Um, so I got married at 19 and, um, to my boyfriend, Tim, and that, you know, didn't last. So we were just married for a few years. And then, um, in my early twenties, I left and then I kind of went through a period of like self-discovery in Mm -hmm. my early twenties, a little bit later, I always say than, than many people who maybe go to college and have that experience of independence and finding themselves and partying a little too much. And I skipped that because I instead of going to that four-year college situation, I got married. (laughs) And so then I left my marriage and I went through that phase um, from like, you know, 24 to 28 probably. Um, So it was a little bit later for me. And then um, I think the thing that brought me around was um, my son. So Mm -hmm. I got pregnant with Mo when I was um, 29 and had him just as I was turning 30. And um, yeah, he's been like a huge grounding influence mm-hmm. in my life and after he was born I went back to school right. and finished my undergrad what yeah. was your undergrad in? um business mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah cool. what yeah. did you think you wanted to do like when you were in high school what did you want to be? I wanted to be an English teacher oh wow. yes I was always really into literature mm-hmm. and poetry and I took nice. like honors English and AP lit and I and anytime I had an option for an elective it was like creative writing poetry nice. like I loved all that stuff so so much um and I thought it would be so fun to, like, Dead Poet Society was, like, my favorite, you know, movie. So I thought, that's, I'm going to be a teacher like that and just sit around reading the classics with my students and, um, and writing in my free time. And um, I always, always have wanted to write a book. So that cool. was always my thing. Never did I think I'd finish my degree in business. Mm-hmm. I, like, that's, if you had told me that, probably even up until I was, like, 26, I would have been like, oh, hell no. Um, but that's what I did. <laughs> right. Cool. So you yeah. finished your degree in business and then that was before, I'm sorry, before you had your kid? After. after? Yeah. After, he's the it. one that inspired me okay. to finish. Right. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So yeah. then you finished that degree and then yep. what happened? So I finished, um, my bachelor's degree while I was working for a really cool company, Cleveland Yoga. Um, and I was their general manager of their two studios. And so I was doing really fun things for them. I was doing like their buying and their visual displays. They have really cool boutiques in their studios. Um, and I was managing their desk teams and their facilities and kind of getting a lot of experience having, I'd been in management positions, you know, most of my career. Um, but Cleveland Yoga gave me the opportunity to really play inside of management and kind of, especially because it was a small business. So there wasn't this corporate structure that I had to um, toe the line within. I could kind of say, 
let's buy this and see if it sells. Or, you know, I could make up my own handbook and my own policies for the team. And um, I had a lot of autonomy within that role, which was really fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it solidified in a lot of ways my desire to have my own business someday. Um, And um, Cleveland Yoga, um, I was there four years. And then um, most recently I worked for the Cleveland Flea for about six or seven mm-hmm. months it was a pretty short stint but um but the Cleveland Fleet also gave me a lot of energy and a lot of motivation to um to go out on my own mm-hmm. yeah I started my business um when I was working for the Cleveland Flea, it was my side gig yeah and um when I left the Cleveland Flea, when I resigned from the Cleveland Flea, I um I jumped you know full-time into cool. my business and I, I do feel like the Cleveland Flea was a launch pad in that totally. way which I know is very much what you know Steph wants for mm-hmm. all um you know all the vendors that come through and um you know her passion is small business owners Absolutely. and helping getting them mm-hmm. started and um they're very much a business incubator and um I don't know that that was her intention for me but <laughs> that's, that's what happened yeah exactly cool. that's what that's kind of how it worked so yeah. it was something it gave me a lot of creative inspiration and um you know being around again around another strong like Tammy Schneider of Cleveland Yoga was you know a mentor for me for many many years and I actually had taken Tammy Schneider's Cleveland Yoga teacher training back in 2008 long before I was working for them so I had a relationship with her for a long time and she's been a mentor for me in terms of um, you know being a businesswoman and doing the thing that she's passionate about even when it's hard and even when she doesn't have all the answers and um, you know even at times when I was working for her, if we disagreed on how to handle something, there was always for me an underlying sense of like, you know what? She's doing it. Right. She's doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steph was very much that same thing for me. Cool. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I definitely credit, I've worked for lots of small business owners over the years and I credit all of them with giving me like a little piece of the courage and the inspiration I needed to finally feel like I could. And there's a reason that Do it. they were in your life. A hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you started the podcast Upspeak before. That's true. The business. Can yeah. you start talk about how that <laughs> got started and why you wanted to do that? Yeah. The podcast was just me. My son's father lives two hours south of here. Okay. So, um, we share custody of him and um, we meet in the middle every weekend. So I have all these long drives where I'm meeting him in North Canton and, um, it kind of started with me just like processing thoughts in the car on that drive and recording them on my voice notes. Mm. And I said to my boyfriend, Charlie, do you think I could like have a podcast where I talk just about like life and parenting? And I think I had a lot of political stuff on my mind too, because it wasn't too far after the election yeah. and I was devastated. My dad said to me recently, he's like, I kind of feel like you went into mourning after the election. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. <laughs> and I was like, you're not wrong (laughs) he voted for Trump and he's like you know uh, I get it staunch Republican and um he I think had a hard time wrapping his head around how much it affected me so I had a lot going on in my mind and my emotions and I was needing to process and typically I do that by writing but I found being in the car it just made sense for me to talk out loud to myself Mm -hmm. so I did that and then um Charlie said yeah like I, I know, you know, Audacity a little bit, which is the software that we use nice. to produce the episode and, um, you know, give it to me and I'll see what I can do. And then he kind of took it from there. And so the first couple episodes of Upspeak are um, are pretty raw. They're just me in my car um, on my voice notes. And then you can tell they progressively get more like advanced, mm-hmm. I guess, because Charlie <laughs> took over and just kind of, you know added in music and took out all my ums and equalized the whole thing and did all this stuff. And he just found that it was a really fun, creative thing yeah. for him to do. I, re- I really yeah. like the way that they're produced because it's not just like, okay, <laughs> intro, interview, yeah. outro. Like it kind of is like a cohesive story. Like the one where you were talking about your religious upbringing. Yes. Like it was really a cohesive story. So Thank it was really you. Cool. Yeah. He actually storyboards the episodes. Mm. I mean, he goes into quite. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. He goes, especially if I interview, um, like if you listen to the girl boss episode, mm. I interviewed 
three or four different women. Yeah. So he had to take all those interviews, chop them all up mm-hmm. with my questions, and make it seem like a cohesive thing. And I he like probably put 40 hours into wow. that episode to make it <laughs> what awesome it is. That's awesome of him yeah. to do. I know, right? He's mm-hmm. enjoying it. I mean, sometimes he doesn't enjoy it when I say I need a new episode and why don't we have a new episode yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I do have a real job as well. <laughs> but um, but he does enjoy when he like dives into it yeah. for sure. Yeah. I listened to the episode with Jackie Carr on my way here. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so do you still want to ha- kind of do the car thing? Like record in the car? Do you think you like that? Uh, well, I'm thinking that it might actually go back to that more of a simplistic format. Yeah. Um, Tessa, who works for me, is going to start producing cool. instead of Charlie just because she has a lot more time for, she works for me, so she yeah. has time to focus on mm-hmm. it. Whereas with Charlie, there's just a lack of consistency right. because of his job. Um, and I told Tessa, we were talking about it last week actually, and I told her I really would like them to be a little bit simpler so they don't take up as much time and they don't need to be these fancy, you know, five women in an episode with 10 song transitions. <laughs> um, you know, I'm happy for it to just be a conversation with a nice intro yeah. and, you know, maybe one song break or something like that. So we're going to, we're probably going to take it. And actually the Jackie Carr episode was <clears throat> a little more basic like that. Mm-hmm. We very lightly edited that episode and I was really happy with it. So yeah, mm-hmm. so I think we might go back to the more simple simple way of doing things. Cool. Yeah. Um, so when you first started that podcast, did you have any idea that you would turn it into a business eventually into the Upspeak Collective? No, no. The podcast was just for fun the way like my blog was always for fun. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like never going to make me money and it was just going to be a creative outlet. And then um, I started my business in December of last year and um, it was called Flourish Cleveland. And there's actually another Flourish that's Mm -hmm. a marketing agency, I believe, in Cleveland. And they sent me a cease and desist. So I had to, um, you know, obviously out of respect for them, I owned the Flourish LLC, so I kind of could have gone to bat about it, right. but I just, I didn't want to go through all of Yeah, that. and if you know me, like, I I usually don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I usually, like... Maybe it was a sign that it wasn't... <laughs> meant to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of just, like, let that slide, and I wanted to be respectful of them, so... Um, I went through the process of rebranding and changing my name and when I was thinking about and that happened I think in February maybe um ish and um yeah the business was only like three months old so it wasn't that big of a deal like this happens to people all the time when they're like very far into their business which is really upsetting because I mourned the loss of that name for a while I really loved it and I was attached to it um and then I just said you know what move on, you know, get get over it and move on. And, um, as I was thinking of new names for my business, um, Charlie said to me, why don't you name it Upspeak? And I thought, I don't know if it fully applies to what I'm doing in my business. And so I sat with it for a while and I decided to use Upspeak, but I wanted to make it the collective Mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, it felt a little more, I guess, businessy and kind of specific. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that. So I named my business the Upspeak Collective because right. I already had the podcast brand. Um, yeah. So when we got coffee, you were telling me a little bit about what Upspeak means. So can you tell the listeners <laughs> if they don't really know? Yeah, absolutely. So Upspeak is a term that um, you can Google it. And I recommend Googling Upspeak and like NPR because there's some really good articles that NPR has done on Upspeak. But Upspeak is when... I do it a lot. I'm probably doing it through this whole podcast interview. But it's when people speak and um, there's an upload at the end of their sentences, almost like they're turning their statement into a question. Um, And it is just a way of speaking, and men and women do it. it, you know, back in the day, we would say it was like valley girl talk, you know, the way that you speak where it's just a little bit like, I, I can't even do it if I'm asked to do it, but I do it all the time normally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and um, along with that vocal fry, which I also do all the time, I was thinking when I was listening to the Jackie Carr um, podcast, actually, that it's really, uh, I need to probably tone that down. Mm-hmm. Um, but vocal fry is when at the end of a sentence, you kind of like eke out the word a little bit like um, that, like that. 
Okay. That's like vocal fry. I'm sure I do that a lot. Yeah, where you do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like where it your it kind of your word is kind of garbled at the end yes. a little bit. Um and both of those things um are used when talking about both of those terms are used when talking about how women tend to speak and how it's not professional. Right. Um, and so they're, they're kind of terms that are used to police typically young women's voices and speech patterns. And, um, you know, if you look up vocal fry and upspeak, you'll get tons of articles about how to stop doing it, how to stop um, speaking in these ways that are not as professional and that aren't taken seriously and um, and all of this. And I could not disagree more because I feel like how people speak is how people speak. And I don't understand why people aren't policing like uh, old white men's voices. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> why is that the way to speak? Why mm-hmm. is that professionalism? Like we're professionals right. as well. And how we speak is just as valid. Um, so I really wanted to take the term and, and make it a feminist term. Like I wanted to take it back. And I think it's actually a beautiful word because it has up in it. So I'm able to use it in my business to talk about things like uplifting. Positivity, Um, high vibe. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I I think it's a great word and I'm not going to change the way that I speak because someone suggests it's not as professional or because men don't like it as much. It's just not going to happen. So, um, I kind of like explaining it to people. A lot of people don't know what it is or what it means. And so I, I totally have like, I feel like coconuts are dropping on her head, but it's (laughs) sitting under an acorn. What what does this mean if it's an acorn? What kind of tree is this? It's an oak tree. I think. (laughs) Oh, double check, fact check that later. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, um, so that's where upspeak the term comes from. And um, some people are probably like, why would you use upspeak? It's, it typically has a negative connotation, but it does not in my business. And you're owning it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Mm -hmm. So you decide to name your business upspeak collective. What did you, what were your intentions when you first wanted to start the business? What were the first steps you wanted to take? What, what, what did you want it to be? Yeah. So I, um, I, like I said, I knew I wanted to own a business. I had no idea what I wanted mm-hmm. that business to be. So I had, you know, the writing piece, the po- that, you know, I love to write the podcast piece. Um, I have always, not always, but for the past few years, I had done photography on the side. So I had that. I was like, do I want to be a photography business? Um, I had lots of management experience, lots of retail experience specifically. Um, and I had been a yoga teacher, but I knew I didn't want to own a yoga studio. So what do you do with all these things and a business degree Mm -hmm. thrown in there as well. And so I actually sat down with Charlie one night and I said, I don't know what my business is going to be, but I need you to help me brainstorm it. And he got out a piece of paper and a pen and he was like, let's talk about everything you like aesthetically, everything you like culturally, every value you have and what you stand for and every skill set you have. And we just wrote it all out in bed on sticky notes. And, um, the next day I started my, my website. I mean, in 2018, you can start a business you know, in a day, <laughs> you can go to Squarespace, sign up for a website, apply for an LLC and voila. So, um, very quickly I had a business and I just decided to sell everything that I liked that mm-hmm. I felt I was good at. So, um, my services were photography and business consulting, management consulting. And, um, after I taught myself to do my own website, I started selling websites. <laughs> I was nice. like, I can do your website. Um, and so it started like that. And then over the past seven, eight months, however long it's been in, in existence now, um, it's evolved a little bit, but it stayed pretty true to I only offer things that I love and that I'm good at. And that's it. And, that, and then it goes on my services page. And, um, and now the collective is um, myself. Uh, Tessa Green, who's my creative collaborator. I have a girl, um, amazing creative woman, Anna Moorhead, who does logo design. I have uh, three photographers I work with and um, who have their own businesses, mm-hmm. but who also shoot for the Upspeak Collective. And um, I'm so lucky to work with them because they're all just incredible photographers. Who are some of those so we can give them a oh, shout out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, Anessa Charlotte, okay. um, you can find her on Instagram. She does just jaw-dropping boudoir photography. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nada um, Gadzik actually does um, photography, a lot of like newborn and family mm. photography, and she has a company called Milk Shop okay. Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abra Saeed, um, who has a company, um, she was actually one of my clients. She has a company called um, She Said Celebrate, and it is um, kind of event and project planning. And she's a, a photographer for me as well, and she's my social media manager. Nice. Um, so those are some of the women that I work with. So now, yeah, it's it really is a collective of people, um, you know, supporting Upspeak's mission. Um, and the heart behind all of it, you know, I always feel like I could really be selling anything, but the heart behind it is that I want to work with and support female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have met some men who are my clients, actually. But um, the business is very much through the filter of all the different aspects of what it is to be a woman in 2018. And, um, you know, we do business in different ways sometimes. And I just really, it was important to me to not have everything be through a man's filter. Right. So um, when I say it's for women, it's it's for everyone. But the filter that I use, I don't stop and go, will this work for a man who's 70 and who wears a business suit every day? I don't, that's not my, that's not my dream right. client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my dream clients are sort of 25 to 55 year old women. Mm-hmm all different backgrounds and types of women, but who have a mission and a goal and a voice that they want to get out into the world and I want to support them. And so Upspeak is kind of different, I would say, than other similar businesses in that we very much do the work with and for you as opposed to sitting down and like coaching you and saying, here's what you need to do. Make a list, go do it. Um, There's certainly some of that, but we also say you need a website, let's build you a website. Mm -hmm. You need a photo, you know, you need original content for your website or for your social feeds, let's get you original content. And then we set them up with our photographers. You need a logo, let's get you one. And so there's, we're kind of a small business creative boutique in that way. Um, But there's also a lot of coaching and a lot of, you know, it's not just the logistics and the technical side of business. It's also a lot of coaching, a lot of goal setting, a lot of inspiring people to go after things. We do tons of brainstorming with our clients and kind of ideation sessions where we just go, help them think like what's possible for their business and let go of some of um, the things that are getting in their way. Absolutely. Um, and so that's what Upspeak does. It's really a consulting firm, but I hate using no. the term <laughs> consulting. Right. <laughs> so, but that's really what it is. It's small business consulting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you started yeah. to talk about um, feminism a little bit. So mm-hmm. I wanted you to delve into that a little bit more yeah. on how that plays a role in your business because I know you're so passionate about it. Yes. I um, I actually just got chills when you said that because <laughs> it, no one ever says that to me. But yes, it is something I'm really yeah. passionate about. That definitely resonates. Um, I think, you know, growing up in a really conservative Christian family with a dad who was a minister. My first husband was also a minister. Um, I came out of all of that, you know, a lot of those values and belief systems and kind of ways of looking at the world when I was about 24, so about 12 years ago. And it's been a process of deconstruction for me, which is just sort of taking all kinds of ways of thinking that are really deeply ingrained in who you are and one by one taking them apart, looking at them, questioning them, and in many cases, letting go of them and moving forward. And anyone who's grown up in a really religious background of any kind um, can probably relate to what that feels like as an adult to either, you know, to question it. And a lot of people say, yeah, and this is for me, and then continue on that path. But for those of us that don't, it can be a really um, isolating experience. And for me, um, I'm the only one in my family. You know, I'm mm-hmm. the only one who is a Democrat. I'm the only one who's an atheist. You know, I, um, it's just me. And yeah. I'm the oldest of four kids. And my, you know, siblings, two of them are married. And so it's a situation where, like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, family birthdays, anniversaries, I'm the only one in the room with my voice. Right. And, and even my extended family, my mom and my dad, both come from extended families so with you know where everyone believes what they believe so all my aunts and uncles for the most part cousins everyone are 
pretty conservative Christian Republicans, um, with a few exceptions here and there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like a loner a little bit in that, but, um, feminism has kind of saved me. It's given me a place where I feel like I have a voice. And when I say like, even just the community online, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and talking to my friends openly who believe in those same things. It's the community, the belief system, you know, it's not a very organized thing, but just the way of thinking and knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. And um, what I believe is that women um, have a voice that is equal to the voice that men have, which seems very simplistic and obvious and for whatever reason isn't. Um, and also that a lot of the ways we do things in the world, in our society, and our culture, are through a, a man's filter. Exactly. Almost all of them, yeah. actually. And a lot of them that people don't, you know, things like street harassment, you know, this wasn't really a thing that we were talking about in society until very recently and the me too movement brought up you know like some of this stuff we should have been talking about this stuff a long time ago <laughs> there was just something that happened i'm a ballet dancer for my full-time job and there's this company in new york city called the new york city ballet and they're they've been going through some stuff like this i don't know if you've heard of it um the director peter martins was accused of oh, harassment of course. and all this stuff and then there were three dancers that got let go one of them got let go the others are maybe on probation or something mm -hmm. for without consent taking videos and pictures of a girl during sex and then sending them and also thinking about maybe selling them so it's even in like such a feminine art form oh we're yeah. not safe not <laughs> safe not safe anywhere yeah. not anywhere unless you're entirely with your sisters and that's mm -hmm. it you know um yeah, I, I mean, listen, I have so many experiences mm -hmm. myself um, that I will not bore you with, but lots, <laughs> lots of stuff yeah. over the years, bosses, um, you know, mm -hmm. people you think are your friends, uh, all the things, and um, boyfriends, and I um, have been really present to the fact over the past couple of years that I'm not at all alone in that. In fact, most women that I talk to have very similar stories. Um, and when you realize the statistics around how many women are affected um, by sexual assault and harassment, you're, it's jaw-dropping, you know? It's disgusting, actually. And it also makes you feel like you want to hide Mm -hmm. And you want to be uh, put up a wall and protect yourself and protect the people around you. And I know that that's not also the answer. So um, I don't know. I mean, my business supports businesses and it's not really like an you know activist movement in right. any way. But I do feel like every time I'm helping a woman define and clarify her voice and giving her encouragement to take it out into the world... I feel like it's an act of rebellion, you know? I feel like it is, um, I feel like it's a noble cause, you know? I feel like a little suffragette in that way. <laughs> and I think a lot of us are, that we are um, having the confidence to say, no, I don't think I'm gonna do it that way. I'm gonna do it like this. And then every time that is successful, it's like a really beautiful reward. And I've had so many men tell me about my business. Oh, you know what you need to do? If you're a consultant, you should do this. Or you know you know what you really should be doing is, or how you get more clients. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in it, truthfully. Like, sure, I should probably be networking more. And sure, I should probably, like, there's a lot of things I should probably be doing. And the reality is my business is successful without doing those things right now. And so there is a part of me that feels like, why can I not blaze my own path? And if I don't want to do those traditional businessy things, maybe I don't have to. No. Mm -hmm. um, and if I do, I'm going to incorporate them in my time, you know. And, um, and I think it's also becoming kind of cool that most women, it seems to me, but I'm probably in a bit of a bubble, are willing to say that they're a feminist now. Mm -hmm. And before, even when I was a teenager, it was like kind of a 
like you didn't really want to say you were a feminist because it seemed like you probably hated men. Right. <laughs> it was a little That's, too risque right. to say that, you know, like, oh, no, I believe in equality, but I'm not a feminist. And now people are just like, I'm a fucking feminist. Like that it means different things to everyone. But I'm happy with that term mm-hmm. because it associates, you know, it, immediately people go, OK, got it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So doing things in your own way in your business, um, not doing it in the masculine way, I think right. is something that yeah. we all need to think about. Even the people who are, I mean, women who are super powerful and successful, sometimes they still use that masculine energy and mm-hmm. the masculine mm-hmm. um, way that their brain was programmed. So mm-hmm. I think it's more about shifting mm-hmm. the mindset into mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. of a feminine mm-hmm. energy, not mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a woman and I'm powerful. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. And even terms like, um, you know, we and I'm so guilty of this, but, um, you know, constantly saying things like, oh, the, my badass business or I'm a badass mm-hmm. bitch or, you know, like um, the side hustle term and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't know. It feels kind of masculine to mm-hmm. me. It feels like we're trying to legitimize ourselves by using these terms that are um, kind of a little bit more aggressive and, um, and intense. And I don't know, you know, what is wrong with I'm a small business owner. Right. I'm not, I'm not a badass boss bitch, <laughs> you know? Because right. I'm actually not a bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. So I don't relate to that. Yeah. I don't relate to having to be that way to be successful. Having said that, you know, when you were, when you were saying just now about um, some women fitting into the mold of you know, more, more masculine and because it's how we are programmed. And I think that there's a world like maybe, I don't know if this is true, but maybe if you're in the corporate world and you're an executive or a CEO, or maybe even just like if you're a lawyer or a doctor, I don't know, like in a male dominated professional Mm -hmm. field, you might need to play by some of those rules still in 2018 to be successful. And I could never, ever put a sister down for, you know, for, doing that because maybe that's what she needs to do um but what I'm looking at more is just like kind of just just questioning it questioning Mm -hmm. it like with anything questioning it and going what here can we take and use for ourselves and that is empowering and what here are we just doing because this is what we're being told to do and it's not useful to us and um and yeah let's let that stuff go you know Mm -hmm. yeah good nice So let's go back to maybe when you were first starting your business. Can you talk about any of the fear that you were going through that was maybe holding you back? And how did you work through that? Gosh. Okay. So um, lots of fear for sure. And um, I guess the thing I did, I called up Jackie Carr, (laughs) actually, who is in my most recent podcast episode. Um, And she is like a life coach. And I just told her what I was interested in doing, and she helped me bust through some of my myths and some of my fears. So I would say a support system is huge. Like, you know, having a pep talk with someone who knows what they're doing or who has been there um, can go a really long way. It's like I had my son, I had home birth with my son Moses, and, um, you know, I had to surround myself with people who had had home births. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk to people who went to the hospital and had the epidural and the C-sections and all the things only because that wasn't going to be my world in nine months. And so in order for me to create the reality of having my baby in in a tub in my bathroom, I needed to be around women who had done that very thing um, to bolster my confidence and answer my questions and help me feel like it was cool and it was normal. And that's exactly what I did with my business. It was like I was having a baby and I needed people around me who had had babies in that way, in that similar way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have, you know, friends who have small businesses and um, like I said, Jackie Carr, and I would call them up and I would say, what do you, um, you know, what do you do when you feel like this? And, uh, and they would help me through it. That was like the biggest thing, um, in terms of helping me approach my fear. I never conquered my fear and I still have a lot of fear. And I think it's kind of healthy and normal to feel, um, a certain sense of trepidation when you're doing something so huge. Um, you don't want to be reckless 
you want to be brave. Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line. True. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, there's a fine line. But I just think people are everything. I think that the people you surround yourself with, um, you know, will they will make or break you. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll fill you with courage. My father does a teaching on encouragement that I've stolen over the years, um, where he talks about how encouragement is to place courage into someone. Mm-hmm. And um you know, we do that through our words. And so when you're surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging you, you feel courageous. You feel like you can do anything. And that's actually what Upspeak really tries to do for people is be that support system for um, terrified small business owners and say to them, like, you've got this and we have your back and here's the plan and let's move forward one step at a time. And before you know it, you're in it. You're like, oh, I'm doing it. I used to be a doula and mm. attended a lot of um, a lot of childbirths and there was this thing that and a lot of doulas say this, but I would always say to women when they would go, I can't do it, I can't do it and I would go, You are doing it. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, this is it. You're in it right now, you're giving birth. You are doing it. Don't say you can't. Right. Um, and same same with business. Yeah. Yeah. You're in it and you're going, I can't, I can't, I can't and then you realize Oh, you're, you have sales. Oh, you have a website. Oh, you, you're suddenly, you're an LLC. Like you, you have a business. Right. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're kicking and screaming going, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I can do it. And it's, you know, look around you. You mm-hmm. are doing it. That's smart. That's really valuable. <laughs> so about um, finding those people, mm-hmm. what if maybe there's someone who's trying to start a business or a side hustle, whatever mm-hmm. it may be who doesn't have a lot of people like that around them. How do they find those people? Mm, Yeah, I mean, the Internet's the biggest resource. Um, I think um, organizations like Soul Connect Movement, Mm. Katie Kurtz, you know, um, follow her on Instagram, follow her on Facebook, get inspired, your daily dose of, you know, inspiration, join your local girl gang. I'm Mm. still new to a lot of that stuff, but I know there's, you know, great local organizations that are meant to support female small business owners like girl gang and creative babes and all that stuff. (laughs) Um, So like I told you, I'm not good at networking, but I know these things exist and they're very helpful to people. Um, (laughs) So I think finding that stuff online and and using the internet as your, as your bestie to support you is huge. Yeah. Mm, Cool. So um, what does your business look like now? What does your day to day look like? Um, day to day is always a little bit different. Um, but I have very intentionally built my business to be less hustle, more happy is kind of this tagline I like to use because I feel like people are like in the hustle, 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 hustle. And I'm like, I don't want to hustle. <laughs> I'm kind of lazy. Um, so I very intentionally started my business with um, people around me like Tessa. I brought Tessa on way before I should have probably um, <laughs> just give her half my paycheck um, to support me and um, have brought people on. Like I don't do any photography really anymore. Um, I might start doing it again in the future, but right now I'm kind of taking a break from the photography aspect. So I have other people doing all of that. And um, I've just slowly kind of given pieces of the business to people I trust who do it better than me. And then I'm just acting as a guide and as a bit of a brand filter for the whole thing. Um, I've realized that sales is the thing I like the most. Um, And sales can sometimes be a dirty word, but um, Daniel Pink has a book called To Sell is Human. And I've always felt like sales is a really powerful way to serve people. And um, I don't like the typical, like you hear the word sales, you think of a used car salesman, you know? It's like, it just doesn't have a positive connotation at all. And women I found will often say, oh, I hate sales. Oh, I hate sales. And I really would like to redefine what sales is for people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just meeting a need with a solution. And so that's what I like to do in my business. I like to meet with people. I like to talk to them about what we have to offer, match them with the right thing, and then support them through getting that that need met. Um, And I would love to be spending all of my time in sales, Um, meeting with people as well as sales through um, like social media. I'd love to be, you know, just blogging and writing newsletters and um, reaching 
my people mm-hmm. that way uh, with 100% of my time um, and then have a team that's, you know, creating the website and doing the photo shoot and, and, and you know, drawing the logo. Um, that's that's my dream and actually is already happening. But, um, you know, eventually we'll have a space and we'll have a whole team of women that are on staff full time. And like, that's where I want to go in the future. Um, so right now my life is exactly what I'm making it to be. I really love everything I'm doing. I don't do things I don't love to do. I have a very strict rule about that. Part of my like Christian faith deconstruction actually was me deciding I'm not going to do things I don't want to do anymore. Um, so like if I don't want to go to a baby shower, I don't go. I just send a really nice gift (laughs) (laughs) in the mail. (laughs) I just don't, I don't pack my schedule with things that don't bring me joy or that I'm dreading there's almost never anything on my schedule that I'm like oh I don't want to do that that's awesome if there is I get rid of it um so that's something I kind of learned I taught myself a few years ago and I've taken that into my business so I don't feel constant overwhelm having said that I have an anxiety disorder so um a lot of times I feel intense anxiety that is unrelated to reality And it's not a matter of me taking on too much. It's just a matter of me being an anxious person. Mm -hmm. Um, But day in and day out, I do things like meet with people in coffee shops, um, potential clients and current clients. Um, I love to tweak websites. So, you know, if my team creates like a basic foundation or structure, I like to go in and play with it and make it pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, I love editing photos. um, And... um, I do a lot of writing um, for my newsletters and my blogs and captions for Instagram. And I try to write content that I can use on all of those platforms so they don't have to write something different for each thing. So a lot of my blogs end up being my newsletters. Um, I like interviewing people and recording for my podcast. Um, And then there's the business side of things in terms of like keeping the finances in order. And I have, you know, set up standing calls with Tessa every week where we go through the client pipeline, make sure everybody is where they should be. And then we talk about finances and update our, you know, our budget tracker um, and stuff like that. So there are some standing meetings that are a little more technical, but I actually love that stuff because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so connected to the growth of my business. So it's kind of nice. We have like sales goals every month um, and I love strategy and I love checking in on the numbers and seeing where we're at. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and getting inspired by people like Jenna Kutcher um, um, with her Gold Digger podcast and, um, you know, just really successful entrepreneurs. And I connect most with people who are really, really real about their experience and who aren't fake about it, you know. But I will say I am super duper committed to helping people realize that business doesn't have to be um, overwhelming. Right. And I think a lot of small business owners who themselves have had an overwhelming experience with their small business will say, well, that's just how it is to own a business. Mm -hmm. You just work 24 seven and you hate your life and that's just what it is. And that's not true. It doesn't have to be that way. No. And it's just like anything. It's a person having that experience themselves and then projecting that that's the experience for everyone. And um, though that is the experience for a lot of people, I don't believe it has to be the case. And there is always an element of that working 24-7. Like people will say to me, how many hours a week do you really work? And I'm like, I don't, I feel like I'm always working on my business. Like I go to sleep thinking about my business. I wake up thinking about my business. Mm -hmm. I have ideas constantly in my brain. It's almost like there's a program running, you know, in the back of my brain at all times. Like a a tab that's open that's called Upspeak. (laughs) And it's ideas for what we're going to do in five years sometimes, you know? So there is an element of quote unquote, always working, but no more to me than like, I'm always in a relationship with Charlie. Yeah. You love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in love with it. And, um, the actual work, like how much time do I spend sitting behind my computer every week? 20 hours, maybe. Um, how much time do I spend, you know, face to face or on calls about up speaker with clients? no more than 20. So I, you know, I work a, probably a 40 hour work week mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. Um, some weeks it's probably last 30, some weeks it might be more 50. I don't know, but I don't track it, but I do feel like I have a very good work life balance that I'm happy with. And I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and my business isn't even a year old. <laughs> so I think if you put the right structures in place from the beginning and get yourself super duper organized, 
hire before you're ready. Mm-hmm. Support, get support before yeah. you're ready. And you check in consistently every single week with your systems, you're fine. That's awesome. You're fine. And say no. Yeah. Say no a lot. Yeah. I, um, Cheryl Strayed has a book called Tiny Beautiful Things. Mm. That's one of my favorite books. And um, she used to have a column called um, Dear Sugar. Oh, and she was like in ad- a podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And she was an advice columnist. And people would write her um, questions about their life. And she would respond with just beautiful letters. And um, she had one where she said, um, I'll, I'll never forget this quote. And I say it all the time. But she said, no is the power the good witch wields. And um, I believe that. I believe, especially as women, that we are taught to say yes mm-hmm. and to not disappoint people. And people pleasing is, you know, an epidemic. And I want to combat that in my own life and in my business and, um, and say no. And I say no all the time. And with gusto, I say no. Thank you so much for thinking of me. No, I don't actually have time for that right now, but maybe later. And I definitely do a lot of maybe laters so that people don't feel like it's a closed door. Um, But I have, it was hard at first and then I practiced, practiced, practiced and built that muscle. And now I feel like saying no is is second nature Mm -hmm. to me and it protects my brain. You know, it protects my emotions and um, it it protects me from overwhelm, Mm -hmm. you know? Boundaries. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about how you actually enjoy looking at the numbers. Yes. Um, So as a business owner, you kind of have to and you have to become someone that's money-minded. Is that something that came natural to you? Um, oh gosh, no, I'm not great with money. I mean, Charlie will tell you, (laughs) I like, well, I like in my early twenties, I would make this joke and it, it's not a joke because I would do it, but I would take my paycheck, I'd split it in half and half I would blow at American apparel on like mini dresses and circle scarves. And the other half I would like pay my rent. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like my money philosophy is like, half for the necessities, half for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely, I don't have debt, which is actually kind of amazing, I'm realizing, because a lot of people do have crazy, I have some school loans, like six or $7,000 in school loan debt, which, you know, a lot of us have. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't have like credit card debt or anything like that, um, which is great. But I also don't have savings, you know, I'm not proud of that. Like I am someone who definitely um, spends what I make, whether I'm investing it back into my business and the people that I'm working with or, um, you know, get, I had to get a new laptop about six months ago. That was like a hard thing. Anytime you have to spend like $1,300, right. like I don't know about you, but that, I actually think that's the most money I've ever spent on mm-hmm. a thing. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, $1,300 like, on, one thing. <laughs> on one thing. Like my business has been alive for three months. Like um, that was a lot of money. So no, the answer is no, but I'm teaching it to myself Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm learning how it feels to have more control over those things. And it feels really good, um, and really powerful. So I'm teaching that to myself and I do love organization and structure. So that piece of it, always knowing what's coming in and what's coming out, um, is something that I'm pretty good at. I think Tessa would agree with me. Sometimes I'm like, I wonder what Tessa would say about (laughs) me behind the scenes, but I think she would agree. We're, we're pretty into our spreadsheets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how can people work with you? What are some of the different programs that you guys offer? Yeah, so we have um, four different services. We have our photography kind of wing of the business, and we do everything from couples to families. It doesn't have to be business related. We just love to take great images for people. Um, But also we do a lot of web content um, for small business owners, so um, they can work with, with us through that. I have something I offer called pep talks, which are 75 minute conversations for $99. And it's kind of business therapy. Um, and, um, I'm not a life coach. I'm a business consultant. So I like to make that clear. Like I'm probably not going to dive into, you know, what are your values and why are you thinking those thoughts? And you should go definitely go to a therapist or a life coach for that stuff. But I will, in terms of how it connects to your passion and purpose, dive in with you, Mm -hmm. um, and give you a lot of practical tips and tricks during that 75 minutes. So those are something that, you know, anyone can schedule at any time on my website. Um, and then the heart of my business, we call it the business support package, super fancy name. Um, and it's 30 days of business support. Um, it's a, 
it ends up being 10 to 15 hours. Um, we do a weekly check-in for an hour with you. We set goals up front for the 30 days, kind of prioritize what we're gonna be working on, and then check in with you once a week. And during that 30 days, we knock out some big business goals for you and with you, with that time that you've purchased. And people seem to love it. It is, if most of the reviews on my website are about people who have done my business support package, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like taking on a short-term business partner to help you, you know, um, jump some big hurdles. And everyone's package is different. So we basically say, like, for some people it's like giving their website a refresh or doing a logo for some people it is getting them new web content or rewriting their copy um, so it's more compelling um, others need help with the back-end stuff like the um, the budgeting and the pricing their packages properly or selling out a retreat and they need right. marketing support we do all of those things so it's you know it's what do you need deciding that up front, prioritizing it, and then in 30 days delivering that to you. We just finished designing like a 30 page um, web course for a nutritionist that we're working with. Um, I mean, she gave us the content and we made it into this beautiful yeah. like magazine with modules. Nice. And um, that was, you know, her goal for the 30 days. Um, and um, we've, you know, we've designed t-shirts for people and hoodies. We've, we've done truly all the things and our clients range like we work with a lot of yoga teachers <laughs> there's a lot of yoga teachers in this city um we work with a lot of yoga teachers we've done work with a politician we have a therapist we have a, a minister we have a harper collins author um you know definitely a couple of life coaches in there um and and exercise professionals you know spin instructors right. and um, all the things. I mean, truly, a realtor. We have a realtor. Yeah. I'm building a city. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm building a, a small city with my clients. Nice. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to be any specific type of business owner. I would say most of our business owners offer a service as opposed to a product. Mm -hmm. But we have also worked with people who have boutiques and who sell um, crates that they hand make um, and, and various products like that. So, um, yeah, that's who we work with. And those are the ways you can work with us. We all, I also have a web course that I'm launching in January um, that is on sale for 50 bucks right now. It's going to be $99 for 30 oh, days cool. online. And um, I don't have this, the exact start date, but it's going to be Monday nights from 8 to 9 p.m., like a live Zoom call. And then there will be work to do through the weeks. And we're going to go through as a group all my sort of tips and tricks and like almost like a business cheat sheet for 30 days. And it's for people who just can't afford currently the investment and in doing a full month of business support with us, but who really need some help. Mm -hmm. um, and so we made it really affordable and online so you don't have to live in Ohio even Only to $50. do it. It's 50 nice. bucks right now until October 1st. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And people have already started signing up for it which I think is so incredible and also shows me that people want that mm -hmm. you know they're excited for I mean January is still a ways away but people are getting their ducks in a row and knowing that the new year is going to be here before we know it and they're going to want support so they're they're heading to the website and signing up for that so I'm excited that's really exciting yeah yeah wow. it's called uplift okay cool mm -hmm. awesome well it's starting to get kind of chilly I know we're sitting here <laughs> shivering can you believe it yeah it's been like the hottest like stickiest summer and we're sitting here shivering it's like the, the park. first day of fall I love it I do love it so I guess we'll wrap it up just so we don't freeze our feet off all right sounds good um is there anything else you want to share um, oh my gosh, yes. I do want to share one thing. My, okay. my, I want my parting words to be that whoever you are, whatever you're doing, your dream job is available to you. Mm. And you might not know what that is yet, but you can figure it out. And we can help you figure it out if you don't know. But it is possible. And if you're bored at your 9 to 5 or if you're feeling like, is this what work is for me forever, just know that it doesn't have to be that way. And then secondly, if you are a small business owner, support your other small business mm -hmm. owners and really be, you know, there's, there's a piece of the pie for all of us and we can make the pie bigger. It's not getting smaller. Your slice isn't getting smaller. Um, and I really, truly believe in community over competition. I have, you know, three small business owners that work for me that do photography for me and have their own photography business. And they, none of them have signed contracts. We just have a handshake and an honor system that any client they work with that's an upspeak client, they will not work with through their own business. That if that client comes to them in the future, 
um, wanting services that they will work with them through me Mm -hmm. because they found them through me and that's it and they can have their own clients they can offer the same types of photography all of that I don't hinder their small business at all they contribute to mine and I support theirs I often tag them on their photos even though they're working for Upspeak I'll tag their small business on photos that they do for me that I've paid for Um, and I do that to support them and be there for them and there are a lot of small business owners in the city who would never do such a thing because there's a lot of hoarding that goes on and a fear of losing business and I have to say from experience it just grows. The business grows. You don't lose anything. You can only gain from supporting people. So th- th- that's what I would really love my parting words Good. to be. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> so powerful. So where can people find you? Yeah. So the upspeakcollective.com okay. on Instagram. We are at the Upspeak Collective and also on Facebook. And then my podcast is just called Upspeak and you can find it on iTunes. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Megan. If this episode sparked something in you, go visit The Collective at www.theupspeakcollective.com. There you can find out all of the different ways you can work with them. You can also find them on Instagram at The Upspeak Collective. And don't forget to listen to Megan's podcast, which is also called Upspeak. You can find that on iTunes and Podomatic. The links to all of these things I mentioned will be in the show notes in case you missed them. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. That will help me reach more people and bring you better content. I would really appreciate it. So until next time, come talk with me on the internet. You can follow me on Instagram at MuseroomPodcast, and you can shoot me an email at MuseroomPodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.